Hey there, this is Sarah. Thanks for listening to the Fat and Broke podcast. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Getting Fat Going Broke. Also, head over to our website at gettingfatgoingbroke.com for more content and nonsense like this. Episode 13 of the Fat and Broke podcast, Immunity Now. On today's show, we talk about how we can all take control of building a better immune system. Welcome to the Fat and Broke Podcast, where we explore all topics related to lifestyle optimization and being a better human. Nothing is off limits. Now your hosts, Peter Bruyard, Gary Donia, and Sarah Newell. Welcome back, Fat and Brokers. Welcome back, friends. Can you do that? Hello. I feel like we need like a cool name for our fans. I think that's good. The you Fat know, and Brokers. What did like Mariah, Mariah Carey had like Frokers. her like sheep or something, lambs, her little lambs. What? Yeah. Mariah Carey's, I think her fans were Swifties, called like lambs. No, Taylor Swift. Yeah, the Swifties. Peeps. I think we're going with Frokers. The Frokers? The Frokers. The Fat and Brokers. Fat and Brokers. The Frokers. What's up, Frokers? What's up, Frokers? <laughs> we'll work on that it. That sounds borderline dirty. I love that one. That's great. Um, all right. So Perfect. Here, here we are on the beautiful Saturday morning in May, and we're recording in our home, and Peter is shirtless. Yes, I am. Which is uncomfortable. It feels so good to be shirtless. <laughs> I'm actually having trouble looking at him. I'm going to look at Sarah this entire episode. We're just going to be staring he's, at uh, each other. He's, he's like, flexing his pecs, and he's trying to see if it makes a noise into yeah. the microphone. He also did 30 push-ups before. It, it feels so good and invigorating to be free. I need to get on steroids. Yeah. Me too. Like, I really need to get going on that. So it's I, helpful. I can do the same thing. I can just sit here shirtless. You, Maybe I will. You can right now. Sarah, you want me just to go I'm shirtless? I'm going to do it. Yeah. yeah. Why don't, it's everybody, let's just a shirtless Gary, take episode. a shirt off. We might as well just like make this like a sauna as well. You know? <laughs> right. Uh, so this will be an awkward show mm-hmm. as we all try not to make direct eye contact <laughs> with, with Peter uh, as he's shirtless. This is like conditioning for you guys. Like all of my friends know me as just being in a shirtless Speedo Peter. all year Shirtless around. Peter. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm shirtless oh, all the time. not even just shirtless. Speedo, Speedo. Peter. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So when I first, yeah. hold on, when I first started it, it was really awkward. Like people would like laugh and be like really awkward, but then now it's just normal. People just treat me totally normal. I'm actually shocked when you have a shirt on. I, I agree. That's I would true. be shirtless at work if I could. But he I'm not would allowed. absolutely be. He, in fact, he has been a couple of times. I've do you seen remember? It. Do you remember, remember the when time? the guy walked in the back? Wait, do you remember the time <laughs> that like so like Peter was working out? I think it was at lunchtime, maybe, and whatever. Then then lunch ended, but Peter didn't have a patient, or he's getting ready to go home for the day. I forget exactly how it was playing out. But Chris started doing an eval. I think it was Chris was doing an eval, like a new patient, brand new to the clinic. First time there. Chris is sitting down to do an interview. And, and Peter is still shirtless in the gym doing like clean to press or something. Yeah. Uh, and I walk in and I was like, what? The f- Are you serious right yeah. now? He's like, what? Like walking out, yeah. And I was like, Peter, like this is like a new patient. They have no idea. This is their introduction to yeah. our clinic. Read the room. He's right? like a shirtless, sweaty dude yeah. mm-hmm. in the middle of the room, just getting his getting his workout in. His pump right. on. You know? right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, okay. I learned my let's, lesson. Let's put a shirt on. Yeah. Please. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. But yes, Peter does live his life shirtless. Yep. And uh, to his credit, he earned the right to do so. Yeah, it's reasonable, right? Yes, mm-hmm. He's worked hard to look the way he does. Right. If I looked like that, I would probably never wear a shirt either. <laughs> I'd be the dad at the hockey rink. <laughs> Can you imagine? You're like, no you know it's cold on. in here, right? Just like so cold. No, no, no I'm like, totally hot, bro. Yeah, oh, yeah, don't worry about it, man. Like, it's really hot here. Like, just check me out. Mm-hmm. Uh, as it is, Peter's the guy at the soccer field That's that true. like doesn't even watch his kids play. He takes you his don't? he takes his shirt off and just runs around the field do because you God actually forbid, do that? Sarah, God forbid. He sits still for like one hour. I to thought watch you were a his... coach. No, no. So not this season. Yeah. They so, fired him because like all the kids got tired of doing pushups. 
<laughs> and he put he put the whole team on TRT. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, they're all like six year old kids, like on steroids. We're doing uh, like Russian experiments on them. So so he can't even like bring it bring himself to sitting like you know most parents they very put, hard for me to they sit put down. like a little chair down and they cheer their kids on and they watch like peter attempted that for like five minutes and decided instead of this i'm gonna run around the field barefoot barefoot just until it's over so he just runs around like i runs, did do that yeah around the soccer field or like a different field no like the, the whole field. field so that yeah. the whole audience is now watching this crazy just watching person. the this crazy like- dad you're the person who's going to go streaking through like a football game so I because had, you got bored. So I, told, so I told him there was this a few years ago, there was this guy who we all know any of you, our kids around my son's age who play hockey. We all knew who this guy was and he would show up and he was so anxious, nervous, whatever. I think, you know, he had some stuff going on, but he would stand in the corner of the hockey rink jumping rope. Like the entire time just his up. kid was on the ice. That sounds like me. It was so bizarre. Yeah. But this is Peter. Like he can't just sit and watch his kids play. He goes and runs. And I was like, you know, you know, it'd be nice. To, to, I like, they actually notice. Like kids notice. You know, your kids notice if you're watching them or not. Yeah. You know sure. what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I asked my daughter and yeah, and they're uh, not going to give you that. Real it'd answer. be great if she just ran off the field and was like, I'm going to go do laps with dad. Right. Hmm. I it's feel important like- to watch your children play. So. And to tell them that you enjoyed watching them play. Yeah, I guess. Uh, so I'll, I'll be, I saw you out of the corner of my eye. <laughs> right. I did tell her that. Oh. I, I told her that I was because I was running strategically in a position that I could see her 75% of the time. And she saw me. I would wave to her sometimes and she'd wave back. So, she, you know. She's like, God, my dad's so <laughs> I embarrassing. Challenge, I challenge you <laughs> to pull up a lawn chair, right? <sighs> Maybe some snacks. And- Maybe some snacks. And just tan. That's and just so hard. Bring a resistance band with you. <laughs> I want you to pull up a lawn chair, keep your shirt on, and watch your children play soccer for... Like a good dad. How long is it for? Is it an hour? <laughs> I hate you, sir. First of all, that was rude. You just played upon yeah. my weakness of wanting to be a good dad. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Is the soccer one hour long? Yeah. 30 minutes. <sighs> yeah. Sit for... Th- Sit. You can for do 30 it. 30 minutes. Or stand. With your shirt on and watch your child play. You can stand. Okay. No, I want. But you sit. can't be no, no. running and nope. pacing. No, nope. because if he stands, he's going to be doing squats mm. and can, like. Can I have a tank top on? Tank yes. top is fine. Top okay. Your shirt has to stay on. You yeah. need to be sitting, and I want you to just act like all the other parents. Oh. <laughs> he he looks really so difficult. uncomfortable. I know it's really difficult. <laughs> like he's uncomfortable just talking about it. Have you ever seen the movie Heavyweights? Is that today? That's today. So yeah. try it. That's thirty minutes, because then it still leaves you thirty minutes to go sprint and do some push-ups. All right, I'll report. I'll see how it goes. All right. I want. I want a picture of you sitting. Like, Why did have, no one answer have, me? Have somebody else take a picture of you sitting there, like right. a, like a tool. <laughs> uh, what did you say? Have I mean, you ever seen Heavyweights? I feel like I, that's ben, a movie, it's about right? a fat camp where Ben Stiller's like this crazy. Yes. Like yeah, that's, that's Peter. Yeah. That's Peter is Ben Stiller. Move your if asses. he was the coach for soccer, it's true. All right, this is going to be yeah. great. I actually almost want to go to your soccer game more than my baseball game now, just so I could watch this. <laughs> I if, actually if agree. Anybody, it, <laughs> I guess they're going to be listening to this too late. I yeah. wish this was live. Yeah, <laughs> so we could tell people. Damn it! All right, so we will report back on how Peter does at soccer today. Yeah. See if he can stay with shirt on. 30 minutes in a chair, actually watching his child play Very soccer. difficult. Yes. All right. Peter did not play team sports growing up, so he doesn't quite get it. I don't get it. Yes. Yeah. I didn't uh, either, but I get it. All right. Why don't we move into, <laughs> let's move into win or fail. Uh, I'll go first. I always make you guys go first. Mm-hmm. So I'll go first. All right. So so I have a win this week or another win. You know, I have many wins. So many wins. I'm just here. on a roll. So many self-perceived wins. Yeah, I'm doing great. Yeah. So I have another person in my life. Actually, uh, it's a patient, but this is un- not patient related. Who has from 
coming into the clinic, talking to us, um, listening to the show, just kind of being around our environment who has decided to make significant changes. Yeah, in that's their life awesome. And has already lost, I think, 15 pounds. That's awesome, dude. Um, is now exercising, tracks her calories, eating better, hmm. you know, doing things around money a little bit differently and better. So it's really, you know, she came in as a patient for something totally unrelated. And just through conversation and just kind of, you know, being around us has decided to make big changes in her life. And she's already seeing huge, you know, huge differences. That's which, so which is, exciting, dude. That's literally why we do this, right? Mm-hmm. That's amazing. It's exciting. Yeah, so I love it's, that. It's fun, to, it's fun to hear stuff like that. We love getting those stories. And so for me, it's a win just because somebody who, who I'm working with and closely and I feel like it's, it's just nice to hear. So yeah, that awesome. was quick, quick and easy. Yep. That's my win for the week. Good. Who wants to go next? What do you got, Sarah? Do you want me to go? Okay. I'm going to go with a fail. Oh, yes. I, I have I been agree. such an asshole <laughs> for Ooh, the last. To everybody? Yeah. Oh. For the last like month or more. And mm. I'm sorry. And it's mainly you guys because I see you guys the most in my life. Wait, I want to take a moment mm. to really. Take this in. Take this in. Mm-hmm. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to sit back in my chair. <laughs> that was a sincere apology. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to sit back in my chair. I'm going to close my eyes. And Sarah, I want you just to do the apology part. <laughs> One more One time. More. Do it a little slow. Cause you kind of snuck it in. Like you were like, I'm an asshole. Sorry. And then like, <laughs> I want to really. At I least want, I'm actually and, apologizing. And if you could put that, like if you could direct it right towards me, like if you just leave Peter, leave Peter out of it for hey. a second. No. Wait, I just want my own. Okay, hold, I'm gonna I apologized to you yesterday. So <laughs> uh, I am the most mean to Gary. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. So, um, <laughs> I can't because now he's waiting for it. I'm waiting for it. No, thanks for putting up with me, guy. This is ridiculous. I'm waiting for my apology. <laughs> when did you come to this realization? Uh, Sarah's. Um, recently this week. Like I've literally like hated myself for the last like month. Like I'm like I'm such an asshole to everybody. Why do people still talk to me? Right. So I agree that I don't know why <laughs> anyone talks to you. But <laughs> here's the thing. Mm. So I've so I've noticed your behavior. Yeah. Right. But I've largely given you a pass on it. Thank you. And I've been trying to. You shouldn't have. And I've been trying to just because I know that you have a lot of things going on in yeah. your life right now. Big life changes and it's stressors. Mm. And I can see it yeah. like on your face. I can see it in the way you're behaving. But I've just tried in the back of my mind. I just say she's got a lot going on. I know. She but it's not me. Get, yeah. But she just got to get through it. Yeah. It's a stressful time for you with with, you know, your parents potentially retiring and moving. Yeah. You know, change your whole life kind of changing. Yeah. Um, you not being sure about where you're going to be living. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, and how you're going to go about that. I mean, there's a lot. So yeah. that certainly affects our behavior. It affects our sleep, which then affects our behavior. I know. I haven't uh, been you've sleeping. You've been sleeping shittily. I have. Yeah. yeah. My whole like world's been shooken up the last like month. Yeah. Mm. So uh, you are. So I'm sorry. <laughs> you are forgiven, but you, you also are given a pass. Thanks. For now. Yeah. And you're put on notice. And yeah. you're put on notice. <laughs> no yeah. more. Yeah. yeah, I just was like, oh, my God, like, I hate everything about me. <laughs> but so that that sort of we, and we talk about being mindful all the time. The fact that you are taking stock of that, mm-hmm. like you're noticing that and now you're able to now address it and make some changes is a great yeah. thing rather than let it continue. Mm-hmm. At least you're aware that it's hopefully it doesn't going, continue. It's going on. And now Peter is, is shirtless. It's Peter, Peter has also taken off his headphones. Yes. I'm coming to give you a shirtless hug. Oh, God. Oh, this is this, this is, is not the most needed. awkward. Uh, He's climbing mo- over. This like, is the most awkward moment on the buddy. show. I love you, Sarah. Sarah, is it? Um, Sarah, I'm is so, so sweaty. warm. <laughs> is he sweaty? <laughs> no, a little clammy. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, the good news is that you just shared microbiomes. Yes. We did. For, for anyone who listened to Now we don't to have to share poop. Microbiomes, yes. Yeah. 
Okay, mm-hmm. Sarah. Yeah, so sorry, guys. Love you all. Love all you. Right. Um, you are forgiven. Thanks for being my friend. <laughs> be better. You're welcome. Thank yeah. you. All right, Peter. Okay, so uh, I have more declarations in my house, so I don't know if this is a win or a fail. Okay. And so I, for sure, you guys are going to tell me. Um, so I had, a com- I had a conversation that in, uh, this week in the clinic with, with you and a few other coworkers that had to do with food. And, and children, okay, oh, yes. and how I deal with that, right? Because right. we all know that I'm Poorly. extremely, <laughs> excuse me, I am extremely stringent with myself and how I eat, and so I know for a fact that while I try to not verbally disparage my children for their choices, I know that it exudes off of me. It's literally impossible for me to not have my emotions come out of my face and my body. Did you get shorter breath hugging Sarah? <laughs> <laughs> it's the roids. He's just very passionate about for somebody who's so, very passionate. For I'm so, very passionate. For yeah. somebody who's so fit, like you're literally. I was like, having trouble catching my breath because I was speaking more than I was breathing. Yes. Okay? Why don't yeah, you take yeah. a minute? Okay, <clears throat> catch your breath because it's hard Ooh, to listen to you as you're as you're breathing. <laughs> I'm gasping for air. Okay. All right. I apologize. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. So, so I came. So actually, so thank you first of all for bringing bringing back to my attention how I make others feel. Because I've always said this. I said, it's not how, it's not what I say to you, Sarah. So it's not what I tell my children that they should or should not be eating. It's how I make them feel about it. Okay. So I understand that they get a negative feeling from me on their choices. And that's not what I want. I certainly don't want to communicate that, but that's what I was doing unintentionally. So I came to a decision after that conversation. I just said, you know what? They're nine and 11. I've always had the opinion that Children have to be independent at some point along the way, make their own choices. They have to become adults. They have to know how to self-regulate in all areas. So why not with this? Like, why can't I just be the person that just gives it over to them? And literally in my mind, I changed it around and I said, you know what? No longer am I going to judge what they eat. What they eat is what they eat. It's my job to bring the food into the house. And what they choose to take from that food is on them and on them alone. And how much I eat of it is on them and on them alone. So after I came to that decision, I talked to them about it and I, t- I sat them down and I said, hey, listen, this is my plan going forward. I no longer am going to tell you what you should or should not be eating. The only regulation I put on it is we have certain snacks that are set aside for school, like they, they take yeah. them to school. Right. So I said, you got to save those because otherwise, if you just eat them at will, you won't have them. But other than that, do whatever you want. If I bring it into the house, you can eat it whenever you want. This is what I said. My The first thing that my <laughs> daughter says to me and she looks a little worried and she goes, but dad, I want you to regulate me. I'm like, well, why would you say that? She's like, because I don't want to get fat. Oh. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like that confirmed everything to me mm. that I did not want. Mm-hmm. That made me so sad. Especially for a young girl. Especially for a young girl. And I am super sensitive with that. Like I don't say anything whatsoever to her about her weight or talk about food when it comes to weight. or It's always about health. But she inferred and, it. But she And so this is exactly the opposite of... And at her age, she hears that at school. It's yeah. the worst. You know what I mean? She hears yeah, it in other yeah, places totally. too. It's not just in your home. Totally the worst. And yeah. so I... Of course, I, you know, dive totally in honey. Like that's, that's, you don't worry about that. That is the last thing you have to worry about. You know, you're a very fit, active young girl. You eat very well. Don't worry about it. You know, come to me with any questions. So what I decided that day is I just said, you know what? I'm not going to be the type of person that does that anymore. And it's been a few days and I think I've actually, like, I think that's been a real thing. Like I've noticed a few times that when they've taken things that I otherwise would have been like, you know, inside, like that's, you know, a terrible choice. Yeah. I just, I let it go. I noticed that it was going to happen. And yeah. I was like, you know what? 
whatever. No faces. Mm-hmm. No faces, no weird feelings. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. So anywho. So that's good. That's what I'm going with I'm proud going of you. forward. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I think the key to that whole thing is what you said somewhere in the middle there is if it's in the house. If it's in the right? house. So you still have indirect influence, you know, or direct influence on what they're eating. Correct. Which is good. I mean, I try to do the same thing here. I try to have a few treats. Like when we went to the store yesterday, you know, each each trip usually comes with like a treat, something that I think is, you know, so I've purposely stopped buying a lot of like chips and things like that. Part of that is because I don't want to eat them. And if they're in the house, I'll eat them. Right. But also, I really don't want my teenage kids learning to live off of chips. So we buy a lot of fruits and we buy a lot of vegetables to try to get them a snack on that. And they do. They actually like those things. But a bag of Cheetos, like the hot flaming Cheetos, they actually like it's like a treat for them. Yeah. I got a small bag. It's there. They can have it. I don't talk about it. But if I buy five bags of those or the giant bag or whatever, you know, if I'm putting if only that is in the house, then that's all they're going to eat. And then that's my fault. Right. Like, uh, you know, Ashton wanted some Pop-Tarts. I got on the small thing of pot tarts. I think there's like four of them inside mm-hmm. the box or something like that. So that will be his treat for the next, you know, couple of weeks. And that he can have them. I don't care when he has them. He wants to use all four at the same time, then they're gone. <laughs> I'm not going to buy them every time. Yeah. I'll buy them in here and there. And that's just, it, I mean, it makes it a little bit more special when they do get to have it. And then in between when that stuff is gone, because it's only small amounts, then they're eating the more healthy things because they're here. And so we, we do something similar. I'm probably... I probably have more unhealthy things in the house than you do. But I, there was a time where I said to Justice, I said, well, we got to cut back on like, we're, we're just going and getting them all the shit that they want, you know, ice cream and potato chips and, you know, all the bad things. And we were filling the house with that. And then they were eating them. And then we're noticing that they're gaining weight. And I was like, well, this is our fault. This isn't theirs. Mm-hmm. We're putting it in their environment. Yeah, it is our we're, fault. Yeah. So we're the parents. We're the ones doing the shopping. They don't have they don't have that independence yet. You know, when they're out at a restaurant or something, they can order what they want. But inside the home, we're responsible for that until until they are until yeah. they're like they're adults and they move on their own and they got to make those decisions. So yeah. trying to help them make good decisions by just having the right things. Um, but we certainly don't really talk outside of that. We do the same. I don't sit there and talk too much about what they're eating. Um, we try to influence it by by putting it in the home. Cool, awesome. So, well, good I luck wish with people that. People talked Thank about you. more eating when I was. It's younger. good to know that now you know that she was thinking <laughs> that. It, yeah, and that's the last thing that I want to. Influence. What did uh, Evan have to say? Nothing. He was like, he's like, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. He literally was like, his face lit up. He's like, it'd be great yes. if he was like covered in crumbs while yeah. Peter was talking to him. Like so, he's already in the cabinet. This is the thing. So I, I'm, I was like him when I was younger. I would always clear off everybody's plate. I was called the glutton, yeah. you know, by my family and. You know, I certainly turned out okay. And it's one of these things that... Did you? Okay. After a gaming phase. Wait, did he, did he turn out bottle. okay? Is this, is, this out, what, is this how we I define I mean, he's not okay? wearing a shirt right. when he's podcasting. <laughs> like, yeah. I think there's some underlying issues there. So anyways, I'm going to let my son be my son. And I'm going to reduce the amount of internal judging so that externally uh, they're not feeling that. So there you go. All right. Very good. I'm good proud of you, Peter. You. Yeah, you. good luck. All right. Good round of wind fails, everybody. All right. Are you I doing like, that at work too? When? Nope. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Can you stop judging me? Nope. Yeah. nope. Uh, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> that, lint, that bag of lint chocolate is calling my name. I know. I'll stop bringing those in. Thank you. Um, all right. Let's move on to the regular show. Here so today's show is all about immunity. We're going to talk about our immune system, how we can improve our immune system, what our approach to immunity has been, and, and what maybe what it can be going forward. I think 2020 you know, with COVID has really, there's been a a big light, you know, shined upon immunity. And 
how we can protect ourselves against the virus, you know, the obviously against COVID, but other viruses. I mean, we've noticed a drop in, in flu transmission and other things because of some of the things that people have been doing. I think largely, you know, up until this point, including now, we've often viewed this as something outside of our control, that we don't have control over this, that this is, you know, the way we deal with this is by taking a vaccine or by, um, you know, taking a medicine when we do get sick or something like that. Like we, it's more reaction, reactionary to it. Right? So it's prevention, how to get the disease, I mean, how to not get the disease, right? Yeah. How to prevent the spread, right? Right. Via masks. By some other external. Social distancing. Right. Shutdowns, things like that. Yeah, yeah. Right. Versus. Right. And that's as it pertains to COVID, but even just pertains just to all we infections, cold whatever. or yeah, flu yeah. or whatever. We used to always take a somewhat of a passive approach when it came to just our health, but we would do some of these other things that we were told to do. And we weren't really taking ownership over our immunity. Right. Right. And so, and I think even now we're largely relying upon like now that there's a vaccine, it's like, it's like, well, what do we do going forward? Right. I think the other, the other piece to this is, if you look at who the populations of people that were most affected by COVID, it also showed, you know, some of these risk factors that we do have control over that hopefully people in terms of our health and immunity to things like this or are, are be able to respond better when we do get sick, mm-hmm. um, that we have control over some of those things. We have control over our, you know, the amount of exercise, how much we weigh, you know, those types of things. Just like we have control over our physical health, we have control over our immune health. Correct. And, and there so are I steps think, you can take. Right. And so that's that's what we're going to get into today. Uh, this is a, a, a topic that Peter is very much interested in, did a lot of work on. And so we're going to move right on into, you know, to that topic. So let's talk about the difference between the passive and active, you know, essentially immunity, you know, why don't you talk a little bit about what that means? Like what is the passive immunity? And then let's talk about how we can do things to improve and take a more active approach. So you're talking about like, like the passive immunity in terms of the way that the body fights off pathogens. I'm talking about like all the external stuff that we, that we've been told to do as people, like what is one, you know, outside of taking control of our own health, you know, that some of these other things that we've been being told to do right now. Right. So, okay. So, um, from the top, right? So from the leadership of the country, you have, you know, ways to protect yourself against becoming infected. And so that's been the vast, vast, vast majority of the talk. You have, you know, stay away from other people, stay within your nuclear family, wear masks to prevent the droplets and the airborne, you know, particles, uh, shut down areas where people congregate. So you have all of these things that surround uh, not actually getting the disease, Whereas the approach that we're going to talk about today is how to actually improve your chances of having the amount of time that you're sick decrease if you if you do get you know get the virus or get whatever bacteria it is, how to have less of a reaction for it and then less chance of hospitalization and death, right? So all of the areas uh, in terms of proactively taking care of your immune system so that if and when you do get it, you're better off for it. Right. And to, and to be clear, I mean, we're not we're not COVID-19 experts here, nor are we saying like, oh, just do these things and you're going to be just fine and don't follow. Yeah, this what is less gonna... about COVID-19. Yeah, I was going to say, isn't this about normal life? This, this is, just, is just more yes. about immunity in general Correct. that also happens to go along with the infection of COVID-19. Right. We're using the, the overarching light of COVID-19 because it's something that people obviously are Correct. interested in right yeah. now. But this is about our general immunity. Correct. And uh, we're not saying... You know, stop social distancing, or you know, stop no, no. Doing it's just saying the there's things. also something else you can there's do. There's also something else. There's like, a more active approach that you can right. take to your own life and to the way you go about your life yes. that that will keep you healthier, have a more robust immune system to fight off 
other things going forward. Right. And and if you do get exposed or get sick by these things, have a better response to it. Yeah, it's not to say that the preventative stuff of, of preventing getting the disease is bad. You should be doing those. I'm just also saying that what happens then if you do? Correct. You should also have that other immunity in order as well. Right. I mean, the preventative stuff has actually been really interesting this year in the sense that we've had such a low flu season. Almost nothing. Almost nothing. And just like, you know, mainly obviously a little social distancing, some mask wearing and some hand washing. And all of a sudden, like we eliminated it's gone. And every year we have tens of thousands yeah. of people die from the flu. Well, you know, I think that that highlights the difference between the uh, infection rate of the flu versus COVID. Yeah. And why COVID was so bad is that it's not that it was, you know, more uh, severe in general is that because so many more people got it. Yeah. Right. It's just rapidly spread. Yeah. So it, 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 it easily spread compared to something like the flu. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, viruses. I mean, if you think about viruses, I mean, this is off the topic, but the the goal of the virus is to survive, right? So the the virus doesn't want to kill its host very quickly. The right. virus wants the host to live so it can spread it to like a bunch of other people. Yeah, yeah. And so you know, this was a very effective virus in that regard. And so, all right. So why don't we get into it? What what kind of things, Peter? What, where do you want to start? How can we improve our immunity? Like, how can we take some ownership over this? So there's four domains that I think of when I think of immune health. Is there anything that you don't have multiple domains? No. In? Like all things have domains. Everything has domains. And subsections. Yeah, you're a sub. Yeah. I love domains. Everything's like a, I can't just get like a straight answer. Nope, no. There's four domains it's, with three subdomains. It's literally the way yeah. I structure my life. Yes. What's the foundation? Your whole brain. And then yes. what's the pyramid? Yeah, yeah. Right? All right. So okay. Peter's domains. Yeah. I think I added a fifth. I think we made it five domains because we added one at the- We did. Yeah. Ho- however- uh, Anyway. We'll include so, that yeah, in a different yeah, yeah. domain. Right. Okay. So four domains. So What's domain number one? Nutrition. So the foods that we eat directly affect our immune health, okay? So our essential, you know, vitamins such as vitamin C, vitamin D, zinc, selenium, iron, and protein are going to be vital for immune uh, cell development and response. So if you don't have these vitamins on board or if they're deficient in levels, the immune system is not is going to not be able to produce the immune cells at a rate in which uh, you'll be able to attack the viruses efficiently, right? Right. So it's simply just saying you have to eat foods that are rich in these vitamins and minerals in order to uh, have a healthy immune system. So what are some of the ways that we can do that? A diet that's rich in whole foods, right? So very plant-based, very many different colors. So colors generally represent different types of nutrients. So the more colors, the better. Uh, Whole foods such as, you know, meat, uh, vegetables, and fruits should be the vast majority, the bulk of your diet. And then if you have some processed foods, that's okay because the vast majority of your diet and your nutrition uh, is taken care of. So in, in some of these uh, studies that they looked at, it was shown that people who have a normal amount, and it's, it's not to say that you have to supplement. If you can get it through your diet, that's fine. But if you have a normal amount of these vitamins and minerals, the contraction rate, so the rate at which you actually get a disease from somebody else, the severity of the, of the disease and how long the disease actually lasts were reduced in people that have normal vitamin levels as opposed to those who do not. So how does somebody know if they're deficient in this? So you how can, can they find out? Yeah, you can ask your doctor. Yeah. So you can say, hey, see, these are some of the, you know, the... Um, is that a part of a normal, like, blood lab work? Or no. Is that something you have to you ask You have for? to ask. Like yeah, a more yeah. of a comprehensive... Yeah, because it's yeah. insurance-based, so insurance will have to cover it. And doctors have to have a reason why they're testing your vitamin levels. So you have to basically identify some type of issue you're having, whether it be, you know, health, uh, it could be like depression, anxiety, fatigue, any of those kind of trigger words that have to do with, uh, you know, checking some of maybe if you're having like low vitamins and then you can ask them and then they can check them to see where you are. Um, and then therefore supplement if you're not getting them through your diet. I would always suggest getting 
these vitamins through your diet, if you can. So find out which foods are rich in them. If you're deficient, eat th- eat those. If it's not possible, then maybe, you know, supplement. Right. I know there is also, if you go online, I think Ulta Labs is one, and then there's a couple others. You can actually, you don't even have to go through your doctor. You can, um, you can do this through some of these things where you, they actually work with like Quest and some. Right, you can certainly. It just costs more. It costs more. It's not even a lot though. It's like thirty bucks, twenty bucks. It's it's not even bad. Yeah, it's not too much, and you can get pretty comprehensive stuff. So, so I think it would start with you like everything else is almost like a version of tracking, right? Mm -hmm. Like knowing where you're deficient, right? And then looking now. You mentioned you know getting you know supplementation. How is that best done? You know how because you know I've I've always heard or I've believed and maybe you know a little fixed mindset is supplements largely don't work well. Mm-hmm. I'm peeing out most of it. It's a waste of money. I have trouble from an economic perspective with supplements. Like how much of this am I actually absorbing? Am right, I peeing right. this out? Like what is the best way to take supplements? When do you take them? Gotcha. Uh, how, is, how to get the most out of them so I don't feel like I'm just wasting my money. Right. Some of the fat soluble vitamins are going to be absorbed best if you eat it with a fatty meal. And so if you just, like, you know, if you're used to just throwing down your vitamins in the morning with a glass of water and then not eating anything, that's going to be a really inefficient way to absorb and then therefore use those vitamins. So, you know, some of them are water soluble, but it can also give you a stomach ache if you don't eat it with food. So the, the best advice is to eat it with the fattiest meal of the day for a lot of people, especially if they eat eggs and maybe drink a glass of milk or something like that. That's going to be the morning and it's maybe it can be part of your morning routine. You know, you make your breakfast, drink a cup of coffee and take your vitamins, right? So routine will always help something be more consistent as well. So I would suggest getting in with breakfast if you eat, if you're somebody who eats breakfast and you just make sure there's some fat in there to help absorb it. Is it like as a multivitamin as good as taking the individual things themselves, do you think? Like if I were to take a one multivitamin, because I look at that and I would think, oh, it probably wouldn't be, you know, but I don't really know the answer to that. Yeah, yeah. Or should I take each individual, like say I'm short on three different things. Should I target those three different? Yeah, vitamins? that's so multifaceted. I, yeah. I would, instead of taking like a catch-all, I'd, yeah. prob- I'd probably, the best way to do it is if you're, if you're testing, certainly then just take the ones you're deficient in. There's no reason to take a, like a multi, if, if you know what you're deficient in, well then, then, then target those things. Yeah. I mean, if you're like the vast majority of people and you're not going to get your vitamin levels tested, then it might not be a bad idea, especially if your diet isn't great to supplement with a melty just to kind of hedge your bets a little bit. Yeah. Right. Uh, I think the other part of this too is, you know, we talked on a prior, a prior, what is now about the microbiome and how nutrition, how that has a, plays a role in our immunity and how right. the, the things that you mentioned in here, eating uh, less processed foods, mm-hmm. uh, eating whole food diet, how those types of things can improve our microbiome, which also improves, improves our immunity. immunity. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that, that's part of the nutrition domain, right? That's, yeah. And I would say something like, you know, if the, if the, if the, if the majority of your diet comes from processed foods, processed foods generally tend to be the opposite of how our bodies evolved to eat, right? So high, very high uh, calorically dense, okay, and very low nutritionally dense. So the opposite of what normal food in the wild is found at. Normally food in the wild is going to be mostly plant-based, so very low in calories and very high in nutrients. Processed food is the opposite of that. So stay away from processed food. It's right. pr- pretty yeah. simple. And I think you, if I remember correctly, you wrote a blog post at one point. I did. Um, gettingfatgoingbroke.com. Uh, I think it was called How to Eat for Health. Yep. And so if people want to refer back to that blog post to get some more specific information about uh, eating, uh, the way you, you you go about eating or recommend how you recommend eating, I think that's a good resource for people. It basically outlines all of the things that I just talked about in terms of eating a whole food diet. All right. Perfect. Right. All right. Domain number two. Domain number two, physical activity. So this was an- this Sarah, was a, did you have anything to add on nutrition? Do, uh, no. Do you take any vitamins? Uh, no. 
I mean, I buy them and then I never take them. <laughs> Just like your protein powder, but you did do it two times last I week. I did yeah. have my protein powder twice this week. Uh, yeah. So I noticed that in your protein powder, mm-hmm. it's basically a multi. It is. A, it's a vitamin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's got like... Yeah, and it supports your immune health. Maybe oh. I should resubscribe. Interesting. Supports how? It has all the vitamins Just from the vitamins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. what they're talking about. It like supports immune thing. health. Yeah. 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 There's no like probiotic. Because it's like something. a meal supplement. Yeah. It's trying to get you all your nutrients in one. All right. So this week you did. You took your vitamins. Yeah, twice. Through, Congratulations. Through Lady Boss. Yeah. Lady <laughs> yeah. Boss Lean. Right. Yeah. So I was, I'm actually surprised that you don't take vitamins. You strike me as somebody that would take vitamins. Um, I've actually taken the survey. You know how they have vitamins like pre-packed? Have you ever seen those? No. no. So they basically, you take like a quiz online of like what's going on in your life, what you feel like you need, how you're feeling. And then it tells you which vitamins it thinks that you're lacking or what you should oh. take. Without blood work. It just says. Without blood work. Trying to predict. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like, do you feel this? Like, what are you trying are you to improve? Yeah. 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 And then so it gives you a suggestion and you can get pre-packed vitamins in a box that is daily thing. So it comes in a little packet. It has all your vitamins for the day. And then they're like custom to yeah. you. Um, so I've taken that multiple times because I'm just like, maybe I do need vitamins. Um, but it's expensive and I don't want to. Right. I think that is certainly and also a barrier I forget to take them. That's a barrier for the vitamin thing for yeah. a lot of people is the cost of it. It can be expensive. Mm-hmm. That's where the multivitamin comes in a little bit or lady boss. Yeah. Um, but you can get most of this stuff through a good diet. You yeah. Know, most of it, not all of it. I would always advise getting all of your nutrition through a diet. If right. and when you can't, right. then it might not be a bad idea to supplement. Right. Mm-hmm. I think there are some things that are really hard to get through diet alone. Especially for vegans. Especially vegans, for vegans. Yeah. It's very difficult. You just simply cannot get some of that stuff through through plant only. Correct. Right. And so then therefore you have to supplement. Right. Okay. Very okay. Good. All right. So main two. Uh why don't we do an actionable item as well there? Like oh, okay. so after each one, right? So, yeah. so so after nutrition. Yeah. So I would just say something like follow the 90-10 rule. So if 90% of your food is coming from whole foods, meats, uh, fruits and vegetables, then yeah. then you're then you're well on your way, right? The other 10% can be Cheez-Its. If you want. Mm. Sure. Done. It's just it's just <laughs> to say get get all of your nutrition all set and then if you would like to indulge sometimes, then who cares? So may I recommend the 10-90 principle? Ooh, where that? 10% of your food comes from whole foods. And like, 90% is And 90% comes from That's a good way to die. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking it sounds. Yeah. Do you want to be the like the test subject for that? Sure. Let's do it. Okay. I'll do a month where I just eat 90% crap. Perfect. So be a, like a super simple, size me. A simple rule yeah, here is to say yeah. Yeah. don't eat foods from a box or a bag. Correct. So 1090 principle. That's, yes. Easy. I mean, 9010. 9010. 9010 principle. I'm already. He's like eating already. <laughs> All right. So the actionable <laughs> item, nutrition, 9010. Yeah. I would also say you should know you should get your you should track you should get your blood work done. Yeah. Uh, ask for a comprehensive you know uh, lab draw. Yep. And if you can't get it through your doctor, then do the one on. So online. that's going to be another thing that I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to get. I'm gonna have, so I've never gotten that done. Yeah. I so should do mine too. Yep. So yeah. let's do it together. All yeah. of us. Let's do it. Just like we're, we're sending in get our poop sample in this poop yeah. in, in labs. Yeah. Perfect. Nice. Um, so we'll do so ninety ten. Get your blood drawn and then supplement where you need to supplement either yep. through your diet. Or through so supplements, if you cannot through, get it through a diet. Yeah, right? if you can't get through a diet, then do it over the over the over the counter. Right. All right. All right. Perfect. Physical activity. Don't so so physical activity is super important here. So our immune cells tend to hang out uh, in places like lymphatic tissue, right? So in the spleen and in the lymph vessels. So Gary. No oh God. Can you please describe to us in your best oh, eff- with your best effort? What, what the lymph system is. Oh, God. <laughs> Take him back to school. Oh, yeah. I don't even really if I remember very, very uh, accurately. But essentially, the lymph system is designed to pull out all like the, the, the metabolic waste that's floating around around our cells. 
like is reabsorbed, you know, the fluid and, and, and waste products that, that come out from the death of cells and from uh, excretion of cells is reabsorbed by the lymphatic system. And then we essentially pee it out. It gets filtered through our kidneys. It's filtered and, out. Yeah, it's filtered out right. and then we pee it out. So it's a sewerage system of the body. Correct. Right? Yes. And so all a lot yes. of your microorganisms are going to get filtered through the lymph system as well. So blood vessels like veins, arteries, and, and, and lymphatic tissue tend to follow along the same pathways throughout the body, right? And so when you're exercising, could be any type of exercise, just human movement, right, makes the muscles contract and lengthen. And so when the muscles are shortening and lengthening, you're basically pumping that fluid at a more rapid rate around the body. So the veins are going to be pushing blood back to the heart. And so because our immune cells hang out in these places, that when you're exercising, all of a sudden, those immune cells are going to be flying around the body at a much more rapid rate. Therefore, think of it as like soldiers on patrol, right? Yeah. So if they're if, if you're on a battlefield and the soldiers are just hanging out in a base camp, they're going to be much less prone to find the enemy. Whereas if they're on patrol and they're getting out into the body, into the various areas, they're going to identify them more quickly than if not, right? right. And so then being, having physical activity more often throughout the day actually improves this rate uh, much more often. So it compounds on itself. So studies have shown that even 45 minutes of a brisk walk can increase the circulation rate of these lymph cells by up to three to four hours. And so then therefore, you know, if you're being physically active throughout the day, this process will just be accelerated all the time, right? That's actually very interesting. I had no idea that that was a thing, mm -hmm. that we were actually like stimulating the cellular activity of our immune system. Right, because you're pumping them in and out right. constantly, right? I always viewed physical activity just as, oh, by being physically active, I can control my weight, I have a better cardiovascular response, you know, whatever. And, right. that, and, and that that was what was improving my immunity. Right. But at a cellular level, there's actually something occurring that does that. And I had no idea. Yeah, That's you're increasing the speed yeah. and rate at which these viruses and bacteria are found and then taken care of, right? right. And, and we know that we know that bacteria multiply, they double every 20 minutes. Right. So the quicker that these, you know, pathogens are found and dealt with, the less of a chance that you're going to have to have these severe symptoms because they can't, you know, they won't multiply and get out of control. Right. Right. Also going to the gym is a great place to pick up a lot of bacteria. It's mm. true. You know, <laughs> so, bolster your immune system. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Because then you're, yeah, exactly. Soak it all in from all those uh, other people. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I have some stats here from, from a research uh, study that I looked at. So we're talking about two populations. So one who self-profess to exercise five days a week or get the minimum of 150 minutes of exercise in per week, okay, versus people, sedentary people who did no exercise. So both of these groups had COVID-19. They looked at both of the groups and they said that two times or so 200% chance of the, of the people who didn't exercise would go to the hospital over, wow. over the exercise group. So two times the rate hospitalization if you got COVID, when, if you exercise regularly versus did not, okay? Uh, they also looked at 73% higher chance to need intensive care in the non-exercise group and a 250% as likely chance to die wow. in the non-exercise group hmm. if you had COVID-19. And this was a pretty robust study. It had many, many thousands of individuals and they, you know, and they factored in or they factored out all of the other confounding factors of like obesity, uh, nutrition, other comorbidities, things like right. that. And they tried to only isolate the actual, like whether you're active or not. Right. And th that's what it showed. So, you know, certainly uh, you're increasing your immunity by quite a bit if you're physically active and then consistently with right. that as well. I know that when all this started, I know Jess and I made a very 
very intentional choice to try to exercise even more than we did before in terms of running COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the gyms were shut down and some of that stuff, you know, that we normally do was taken away from us. So we, we knew that we could go one way or the other. And I know one of the things that we did as we were watching the news and we were seeing sort of the trends come in about the people who were getting the most sick, we were like, man, we got to really make sure we stay on top of our exercise during this and our weight and some of these other things, because it seems like it's, uh, you know, it's having an adverse effect on people who are heavier, who are less fit. And so we just started like, that's when I really got into running more. Cause again, the gym was remember that you're doing it every day. Yeah. We were doing it every day. In fact, when Jess and I did get COVID, so clearly it didn't work. We ended yeah. up with COVID at some point. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so Jess and I, uh, at some point did have COVID. Our symptoms were so mild mm-hmm. and we were able to actually run just about every day during COVID during it, during having it. And I attribute a lot of that to the fact that we were, we had gotten, I, I think back to a few years ago, five, four, five years ago when I was significantly more heavy you know, 70 pounds heavier than I am now, way less uh, in shape. I just wonder what that would have been like for me had I gotten COVID then my reaction to that, my response to that versus what it was this time. You know, luckily I had such mild, mild symptoms and I attribute a lot to that, to, to what I was doing. To the changes that you made. To the changes I was made. And the fact that I was exercising leading into it, I exercised through it, I exercised out of it. I really feel like that helped me, you know, that may just be me, you know, projecting, but uh, I thought it to be important, and this research seems to yep. to support that. And then another quick tidbit here: so there was another another study that looked at the severity of symptoms in terms of like how how bad did the symptoms get, how much hospitalization did you need, and it seemed that the people who exercise at least five days a week had a forty three percent reduction in severity of symptoms um, of, of upper respiratory infections, so like the common cold, right. Okay. Yeah, and so my my case and Jess's supported that. Sure, so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So actionable item here, guys: move daily and move often. So it doesn't have to be. You don't have to go kick your ass in the weight room. It can be, you know, a good brisk walk. Could be a jog. Could be swimming. Whatever physical activity, yoga, whatever it is that you like, that's getting your body moving. That's going to be something that's really going to help your immune defense. Okay. Right. And I think the, the key there is it doesn't have to be a lot. Doesn't have to be a lot. I mean, the, it the, really doesn't. Just it's something. Just, just something. Yeah. Something's to be better something. than nothing, right? Keep moving. We're designed to move. Correct. When humans are designed to move. The more sedentary we are, the more susceptible we are to lots of bad things and this being one of them. Right. So, all right. So, Sarah, anything on that? Nope. On exercise? Keep moving, people. Keep moving, everybody. Keep moving. <laughs> all right. Domain number three. three. My okay. favorite. Sleep. Yes. Sarah loves to sleep. Gosh. How many, how many hours of sleep do you get? W- this week? When you're sleeping well. Usually like six to eight. Six to eight. Yeah. And you, do you feel like you get pretty good, like uninterrupted sleep? I'm usually really yeah. good at sleeping. Nice. This Six month? is not enough. I've learned this. For me or? For Do you feel a difference when it's yeah. consistently six versus when it's consistently like higher for you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A little bit, right? Yeah. I do as well. Six is six is basically being sleep deprived. If you do six over a chronically, time, for the most part, yeah, yeah. If you're chronically getting six or less, I mean, you're sleep deprived. It's yeah. going to accumulate. It has a compounding effect, and it has a slow negative creeping negative effect. That you right. don't really realize. You don't even realize it. Yeah. Yeah. Sleep is something that I've really gotten interested in lately, as you guys know. So. As, as have I. Yeah. Which is why I certainly want your input on a lot of this. So yeah. listen, so when you sleep, you repair and recover in all aspects of your body. We, so we know, so for somebody who has been to school forever, you know, for like uh, eight years post high school, I know for a fact that on nights when I got the best sleep, my memory was always better on the stuff that I studied from the night before. So when you're sleeping, your body repairs and recovers memory, brain function immune function, 
muscular, you know, muscular tissue damage, all the things. When you're sick, you sleep longer. When you work out hard, you sleep longer, right? So sleep is super integral to all functions of the body. It's essentially a reset. Yeah. Our body like goes through like a reset every single night where it's like cleaning and filtering and recovering. And there's a lot of stuff going on. You mentioned memory. I mean, what happens when, you know, the, the things in the beginning stages of our sleep every night, we basically file everything. You know, if you think about it, like a computer mm-hmm. has files and like folders and they're cleaning and, it up. Yeah. So it kind of sorts it and files it and puts it in different things. Different and then, boxes. and then later in the night and when you get into the deeper REMs, like that REM sleep, uh, that's when you start to create associations between all of those files. Right. Right. So if you don't get that, if you, if you're skipping that part of your sleep, you actually then don't start creating those associations. You just have things filed. These memories. You just have, I'm sorry, yeah. memorization versus it's, understanding. Correct. Right. right. And so, which is why, um, you know, which is why getting all of the sleep, not just part of the sleep, uh, is so important. Um, but as it pertains to, you know, our cellular recovery and immune health, I mean, it's the same thing that we just kind of mentioned with like the lymphatic system. It's essentially like it cleanses itself. Your brain gets cleansed out. Your uh, anti-inflammatory, you know, effects markers are, markers lower, are yep. lowered mm-hmm. at night. Um, there's a strong link between uh, lack of sleep and cancer. Uh, because, Tremendous. Because we have these cancer fighting cells. Great. Now that, I have cancer. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it, sir. <laughs> so we actually have cells that are designed to fight cancer in our in a cancer killers like inside of our body. And they've yep. shown that with like sleep deprivation, we we eliminate large percentages of those. Right. So these cancer killers are part of the immune system. Yeah. Right. And so just like the body repairs and recovers, you know, the immune system is part of the body. Right. So when you're sleeping, you're getting enough. So the the two areas of sleep, getting enough of it and getting it non-interrupted because the body's going through cycles right. and the immune system goes through cycles. So while you're sleeping, literally the repair and memory of the immune system is taking place. So we know that the immune system has memory, right? So if you get the flu, your body makes antibodies, your immune system makes antibodies so that if you then get effect, infected again, it can eliminate it immediately, right? right? So that process is improved at night as well as the repair, so the replenishment of your immune system. You need more immune cells to grow. Right. And if you're not getting enough sleep, your army is just weakened, right? Right. Right. And so you you are unable to, so therefore your rates of cancer and things like that go go way up in people who are chronically sleep, sleep deprived. And in fact, in some countries, I was talking to one of my, I have a a patient who is a like an overnight nurse and i was talking to this person and in some countries they've actually started they're essentially like class action lawsuits you know they've actually started paying them uh reparation money you know almost like lawsuit money for having them work night shifts Mm. like over the nurses and anybody else who was working for like the state because what they what they realize is that by having these people work night shifts and messing with their normal rhythms of their circadian rhythm and their melatonin rhythm and by having them have to do a shift like this, that they were having a much higher incidence of cancer, obesity, diabetes. I mean, you just name the bad thing. They, those people had a significantly higher risk and more a higher rate in general. And, and so they've actually started paying them more money uh, yeah, yeah. as like as an apology almost like or just acknowledging the fact that because of this shift, because of what you do, you know, you, you are leading to a, a much unhealthier and shorter life. Perfect. Yeah. All right. So the actionable item here sleep. is seven to nine hours of sleep. And then try and get it uninterrupted. So just real quick, what are some strategies that you can use to get uninterrupted sleep? So quiet room, get rid of all the noise, put your phone on, you know, do not disturb, yeah, do not disturb, which I know can be hard when you have, chill. I mean, I have teenagers, they're out. I understand that some of us have to leave that on to, uh, at least one of us has to leave it on. Thank you, Jess. Um, but you know, shut off your phone, very dark. Don't go to sleep with the TV on. 
even if it's on, it's on quiet and with a sleep timer, it's still bad because you're that light is interrupting your sleep. That first bit of sleep is not good sleep. You're not getting good sleep. You need a dark place, cooler temperature. Um, they recommend a, a cooler temperature. Your body naturally wants to cool itself at night. It goes into a, almost like a, I don't know what you call it, but a, like a hibernation kind of state, but it gets rid of a lot of its body heat and allows you to sleep a better, deeper sleep. So if you're going to take a shower at night, I know people who shower at night. If you're taking a warm shower, you should do that an hour, an hour and a half before you go to bed. Uh, it actually can help you sleep better. Is that part of the why you don't exercise right before going to bed? That's part of it. Yeah. yeah, you're raising your body temperature and your heart rate, and you're also raising like the oh. levels of adrenaline, like nor norepinephrine mm-hmm. and some of those adrenaline releases. That'll keep you awake a little bit. Yeah, that's going to keep you awake. Um, ideally, you know, it does. You don't want to eat too close to bed. You know, those are all some basic, you know, tasks. Close your, you know, close your door. I recommend closing your door. I know a lot of people with kids tend to leave their doors open. Yeah. Um, there's closing your door obviously reduces noise and light and distraction when people get up to go to the bathroom or whatever, but it's also actually a fire safety thing. That doors actually are a barrier to fire spreading. So, so closing your door is actually a benefit to your family and your children, not a, a disturbance. So I would suggest gotcha. everybody closing their door. Um, so those are some of the things that I do. It certainly helps. I mean, I've been taping my mouth shut just so I nose breathe. That's actually helps me, but I wouldn't necessarily recommend that to everybody. Uh, some people will wear like a thing over their eyes to create a really, really dark thing. Some people use earplugs. Whatever you need to do to create a very dark, quiet environment and cool. Dark, quiet, and cool, I think, are the keys. Okay, perfect. Yep. And value sleep, prioritize sleep. Hmm. It shouldn't be the thing that you do because it's just everything else is done. It has to be like we mentioned with exercise and we've mentioned with other things. You have to schedule that into your day. Set a bedtime and stick to it, right? Knowing that you need X number of hours, you know, seven to nine, whatever that is. And if you know, usually our mornings are a little bit fixed. Like we have to go to work at some point, most of us, right? So you have to get up at a certain time. So work the math backwards. And go to bed when you're supposed to go to bed. Don't don't get caught in the late night drift, watching TV, scrolling on your phone. And then before you know it, it's midnight and you have to get up at five. Five hours of sleep is not enough. Terrible. Mm. So, you know, schedule your bedtime and stick to it. Stop making excuses like you don't have to go out that night. You know, you don't if you go out, come back, go to bed. Prioritize sleep. Prioritize sleep. Okay. Almost lastly. So chronic stress. That's going to be horrific for your immune system, whereas temporary stress is actually good. And I just want to really outline the difference between the two. Acute stress, so temporary stress, is one in which we have a very temporary bout of physical or mental stress, something that goes beyond our comfort zone. That's all. That's what I think of as stress, right? So when you exercise, that's an example of temporary stress, right? When you perform, uh, when you study, or when you're memorizing, or when you're reading, that is acute uh, mental stress, right? So these things are actually great for the body. Uh, Your body will adapt and then be better than the last time. That's the whole point of exercising and, you know, doing mental gymnastics and learning and things like that. Your body becomes better for it. Now, chronic stress, on the other hand, both physically and mentally, are terrible, right? So the constant chronic release of cortisol uh, is actually terrible for your immune system. It it leads to a pro-inflammatory state. It can lead to a reduction in lymphocytes, which is part of your immunity, And so when you're doing that and it's happening all the time, whether it be physically or mentally, you're just putting a damper switch on the immune system, okay? So what I would say here is exercise, but don't overdo it. So don't be a crazy person. Usually athletes fall into this domain. They have so much physical activity. They're training They're in their sport. They're exercising their body and they're playing games. And it's very easy for these people 
to overtrain and just become chronically sleep deprived and chronically fatigued and actually put themselves in a very compromised immune state. I mean, it's very common for fighters and wrestlers leading up to a competition to just get really, really, really sick. Like it's very common for that to happen. And this has to do with all those factors I just outlined. And so we all know emotional stress, the same thing, guys, right? If you're in a toxic work environment or home environment, and it's just you're just constantly in this fight or flight response of trying to battle with somebody or something every day. You're just going to be in this constant state of inflammation, and that's going to be terrible on the, on the immune system. So, you know, it's this is probably the hardest one out of all of them because it's harder to control your environment for some people than others. So I would say for the physical stuff, right? So for so don't overtrain. Don't be an asshole to your body. Which so, I never thought I'd hear you say. <laughs> it's this is never. actually glorious. I'm going to remember this for it's, the next workout. It's it's hard it's hard to overtrain, but for those that do, you should recognize when that happens. So one way to do it is to monitor your resting heart rate right when you get up. So right before you right before you get out of bed, right when you awaken, monitor your resting heart rate. And if it starts to creep up, if you're noticing that it's creeping up, maybe 5 8 beats per minute over time, then that might be a good indication that you're physically overtraining. So that can kind of be, give you a little bit of a clue into what's going on there. And that, that has to do with the chronic release of cortisol. I was actually listening to a podcast the other day. It was called All It Takes is a Goal. It's a, actually like a friend of mine that I grew up with, and he's mm-hmm. also an author. His name is John Acuff, and it's a really good podcast for anybody that wants to listen to it. All It Takes is a Goal. Um, but he had Greg McEwen on who wrote the book uh, Essentialism, which is an amazing book. And then he just came out with another book called Effortless. But during that interview, he was talking to him about this uh, CrossFit athlete who has won. I forget her name, but she's won. You might know it. But she's won a whole bunch of CrossFits the last you know decade or it's so. It's tyranny. Yeah, maybe. But she, she, she had got to this point where she basically was just so overtrained. Like many athletes, they don't believe in rest. Correct. You know, they that's just, how they get to their. They just think they work. have to go, go, yeah. go, go, go. And then finally, she got to this point where she just wasn't. She couldn't win. Like she got to. The, she would get close, but she couldn't win. And she hired this new trainer. And basically, the approach was. You know, there's a lot of different things that he talked about, but one of them was she needs to rest. She needs to take, you know, she needs to sleep more. She needs to do take breaks from her training. She needs, you know, to do these different things to basically allow herself to get to what he referred to as like this effortless state. But um, it was basically revolved around she was just overtraining mm-hmm. you know, she didn't have anything less mentally or physically uh, when she would get into those big competitions. Yeah. All she knew how to do is work. Yeah. And for those people, that's what gets them to the show. But they often struggle with how to act like what is enough. Right. They don't know what's enough. And then once she started doing that, she started winning. Perfect. Her competitions. I love that. And so she's amazing. So it's a, it's a it's, I haven't read that book yet. It just came out, but I'm looking forward to reading that. But that's a good example of that. Okay. And I think for me, I know for the for the mental stuff, I mean, for me, it's that meditation is a great, I don't know if that's part of your actionable items. It for is. This one, but meditation yeah. is a great way to deal with some of that mental stress. Yep. And so is sleep. Yep. Like sleep, when we're asleep, like our body actually comes to grips with trauma. You know, they've done a bunch of studies on that about, you know, especially that deeper REM sleep and some of those other things is they find that people who when you're getting good sleep that you're able to reframe and deal with stress stress better than the people who are chronically under for sure so, makes sense yeah right anything else in your actionable items for chronic yeah. stress you know it's just it was the same with what you just said just sit alone 10 minutes sit quietly reflect on the potential emotional stresses in your life 
identify what's causing that, and then if possible, determine the steps to take to start eliminating those stresses if you're in a position to yeah. do so. And find outlets for that. That may you know, if meditation is not your thing, yep. exercise as long crying. as it, as long as it's <laughs> not. <laughs> yeah, crying. We mentioned in a prior episode that crying can be a good way, good mm-hmm. for you and a good way to reduce stress. Perfect. Um, and there's others. Find the thing that works for you to reduce your levels of stress. Yeah. So far, I've learned I have cancer and I'm dying. Yeah. So. Good episode for you. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And then the last one, which I know was a late add-on, it was yeah. only because we talked about it last episode yep. on the what is now that Jess, Jessica was on, and she talked about the sun and vitamin D. Ginger's burning, right? And and it brought up a, a you know part of what she brought up was its effect on the immune system. So I thought we should just kind of retouch on that real quick here before sure. we end it. This is where I redeem myself. What's that from all your tanning? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. So much vitamin D you have, yes. Sarah. Yeah. Um, okay. So vitamin D, my friends, it is. Oh, there it is. Uh, my I friend. did it. You no, did I didn't. It. No, I didn't. No, not yeah. boys and girls. Oh, boys yes, and girls. Yes. Damn it. I'm adding my I friends still. to the <laughs> things you can't say. But all right. So vitamin ahead. D is synthesized by the, scu- uh, by the sun. So, <laughs> by the sun. Okay. <laughs> Are you ready? I'm going to do it again. <laughs> so vitamin D is synthesized by the sun. So when your skin is exposed to sunlight, it actually makes vitamin D from the cholesterol that's in your skin. Okay. So all you need here is about 15 to 30 minutes of midday sun. The, Not three hours? The more, pig, the more <laughs> pigment it. you have, the more time under the sun you may need because, you know, the sun doesn't get absorbed as efficiently. But for the most part, you don't need a lot. And, you know, that's so that's easy. It's an easy way to get about, you know, go about getting your vitamin D, okay? So a study of 19,000 people, which is quite a bit, showed uh, lower vitamin D levels, which less than 30 nanograms per milliliter, had an increased rate of and severity of infection as opposed to those who had above 30, okay? So normal vitamin D levels improve the innate and adaptive immune responses. So that's both the, the memory of the, of the immune um, fu- you know, function as well as just like the macrophages, the ones that get in there and chump, 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 all the bacteria kind of you know indiscretionally, okay? So deficiency in vitamin D is associated with increased autoimmune disorders as well as an increased susceptibility to infection. So I found that one interesting, the autoimmune issue. So people who have chronically low levels of vitamin D seem to also have more autoimmune dysfunction as well, Mm. which is, is scary. Yeah. But something interesting to know about. Right. And there's been, I mean, there's certainly just as a medical practitioner. I mean, I've seen, we've seen such a huge uptick in autoimmune problems, Mm -hmm. at least our ability. I think maybe some of it is our ability to diagnose it better, but I certainly, I've been amazed by the amount of people that have autoimmune. Lots of autoimmune. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. much of that. It just kind of comes out of nowhere. You're just going about your life and then all of a sudden you have this weird thing and there you go. So here's a way that we can put ourselves in a better position to hopefully not have that. All right. And then lastly, just the hero that vitamin D is, we know that vitamin D and calcium are, are often prescribed by doctors you know, to older people, especially women, postmenopause who have osteopenia, osteoporosis. Jessica. And oste- exactly. And so the reason that the reason that that is, is that you need both vitamin D and calcium um, because vitamin D helps your body to absorb calcium. So if you're just taking calcium pills without the vitamin D, it's not getting to your bones. Right. Mm. So you need a little bit of both. So therefore, a little bit of sunlight with your calcium is going to help. Right. So again, I mean, it goes back to you have to know, I mean, get your blood work done, mm. something I haven't really done myself either. So this is good for us to, to, to talk about these things so we can take action ourselves. So Pete, bring us home. Give us the summary of that. Give us our action, you know, action steps in each thing. Okay. And um, let's wrap it up. So here it is. So guys, continue to do all the things that you should be doing to not get diseases, but also... If and when you do, you're going to be better for it if you've taken action and taken responsibility for your own immune system health. Don't be a victim to your circumstances. 
take proactive action and say, listen, if and when I get sick, I'm going to do these things to help my immune system so that my sickness isn't as long, it's not as severe, and maybe I won't need to go to the hospital, right? Or maybe prevent it altogether. Prevent it altogether. Your body can yeah. find it. We often get sick and we have no idea we that no we idea. got sick, right? Our body took care of it. Yeah. I agree. Mm. Okay, so the, again, the four domains here, eat mostly a whole food diet. Micronutrients are vital, uh, vital to immune health and function. So follow that 90-10 rule, 90% of your food coming from whole fruits, vegetables, and meat, okay? Participate in moderate physical activity, most days of the week, move often. So the more often you move, the more circulation of those immune cells that you're going to be having around the body. Get eight to nine hours of sleep per night to allow your immune system to do its job effectively. Uh, also try to get uninterrupted sleep. And then do not overexercise. So identify mental stresses in your life as well and take action to eliminate them. Perfect. I mean, luckily, we're coming to the end, hopefully, of COVID, right? I mean, we're getting there. People right are getting the their vaccines. Yeah. Like we're starting to lift all these things. So we are going to go back to a, a state that was kind of normal, you know, for us before where we're not wearing masks. Right. We're not socially distancing, at least wait. not on the level that we were before. You know, we look out two years from now, assuming nothing bad happens in the next two years. Like, you know, we're going to go back to this world where we're touching dirty doorknobs without having it. Somebody have just disinfected it. You mm -hmm. know, we're going to be going to the gym. We're going to be around other people inside stadiums. So the things that were, you know, those pass more passive things or, or whatever you want to call them where with the mass and the social distancing and all that. And we don't have a vaccine for everything right. that we come in contact. We're going with. to get stuff. You are going to come in contact with other bacteria, viruses. So put yourself in a position to let your body have a chance to fight it, you know, doing the things that Peter just mentioned. And if you do get sick, you know, have a less reaction to it. Mm -hmm. So I, I start now, start taking control because the world is going to change back and you're not going to be as protected just through all the other measures as we are right now. Correct. So. All right. Sarah, anything to add? Uh, no. All right. We're all going to get our blood work done. Yes, mm -hmm. we are. In addition to I checking our microbiome, That's which exciting. we talked about. Well, hopefully, by the time this comes out, we'll already have done that. So, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, thank you all for listening. We appreciate the support. Um, I think we have a little bit of quick fan feedback. Quick fan feedback. Yeah. Um, I've been getting a lot of responses from people in person, actually, about how much they enjoy the podcast. Me, me too. Me too. Um, it's great. I actually ran into one of our uh, fans' friends in the Nashville airport. <laughs> And, uh, yeah. Okay. And uh, we're they were telling me how much they enjoyed the podcast. And how keep did it up. this happen? Yeah. Just coincidence. It's coincidence. Yeah. We're very popular. Yeah. Okay. Don't worry mm -hmm. about it. Peter. That's a lie. It's not. No, it's not. It's not. This is a random person from Nashville? No. No. They were just at the Nashville airport. There's a person from also here coming back home. Oh, yeah. oh mm -hmm. I see. Okay. Yeah. So thank you for listening. It's um, awesome to actually hear that and in person. And I'm getting better at the whole like. Yeah, Taking thank compliments. you. Yeah, yeah, trying. Okay. Working on it. Cool. Um, and then we also have a, was it Apple? What was the? It was the, from the Apple review. Yeah. We have an Apple review. Yeah. Okay, here we go. All right, so we had an Apple review and it's a love it five-star review and it's, uh, do I say it's from X Cougars? It's from X Cougars. It's from X Cougars, which is a really cool name. Yep. yep. And it says the content is useful and delivered in an entertaining way that makes me laugh out loud. Love it. So thank I don't know who this person awesome is. Awesome review. Thanks. That's, that's, that I know of. Yeah, that's a great review. Yeah. yeah so thank you for yeah, finding us funny. Yep. Thank you for finding us funny. Um, <laughs> and enjoying our podcast. I love it. Great. Keep all the comments coming. We yeah. love it. Yeah. So you can go to our, you know, go to our website. If you go to want to leave us a voice message, that would be ideal. Gettingfatgoingbroke.com forward slash message. And you can click the button and then just record directly into your phone and we'll get that and we can play it on the show. Yep. You can also leave us uh, comments on our website, gettingfatgoingbroke.com. You can go to Facebook, Instagram at gettingfatgoingbroke. 
Uh, also, if you want to read a great article about an immune system that Peter wrote on our website, gettingfatgoingbroke.com, you can go. It's uh, four reasons why your immune system sucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The positive side that's of your right. immune system. Yep. Uh, he wrote a great article about that. Also, one about uh, eating a good diet. So that's on there. There's a lot of good information on our website. Uh, so just go check that out. Yeah. You can leave us comments on the actual podcast player as well. And most importantly, most yes. follow us and tell your friends yes. about the show. Follow click, us. Click follow. Us. So you get you know notified when we have new uh, shows and you follow along with us and let your friends know to listen to our show so we can continue to grow. Yes. Love it, guys. And with that. Better every day. Better every day. Better every day. Hey there. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed that episode. If you did, don't forget to click subscribe and to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Getting Fat, Going Broke. Thank you for listening to the Fat and Broke podcast. The Fat and Broke host and guests provide general information, advice, and entertainment, but not medical or financial advice. Please consult a medical, financial, or other professional before making any lifestyle or financial changes. In other words, please don't listen to a thing these assholes have to say. Beow, 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 beow.